Game Boys. Hey there, Internet, and welcome to another episode of the Game Boy. This podcast. My name is Lux. I am your host, and with me, as always, he could not be more excited about the beginning of NBA training camps. It's Griffin Davis. <laughs> Yet, yeah, could not be more excited. Actually, I was talking to someone. I'm getting into these new sports games because they have these like story modes that are pretty cool. Someone was talking to me about a FIFA game recently, a FIFA 17, I believe, that had like a really in-depth like story mode with all these like characters and stuff going on. I think, yep. I think sign me up for that training camp. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, you, you got to go to a sports camp someday, Griffin. Um, <laughs> no, man, it, it is pretty cool. I do wish like, I don't know. I think that they're all sometimes pretty good, sometimes pretty dumb, but they are trying that stuff out. And it is a pretty cool, like fun way to play those games. Yeah, I mean, like um, I'm playing Golf Story now, uh, the game that Michael Gabriel brought on two weeks ago. Uh, uh, yeah. And so I do have before we get into the episode stuff, a little bit of an update on my score. Um, now, okay. if v- viewers remember, I gave it a tentative 4.9. Uh, the guest and Lux gave it a 5. So I was the holdout on making it a perfect 5 out of 5 game. I've been playing the game. I love the game. I love the humor. Uh, it's really, really fun. Uh, and I just like everything about it. Um, but I do not like the way that they no. explain some of the mechanics. And for the first couple hours, I was feeling frustrated and not having a whole lot of fun. Um, because, uh, just, I mean, if you're really, truly trying to be a game that brings non golf lovers into the fold, like they did not explain some of the realities of golf to me and like the strategies of like what you should be doing with your putts. Uh, and for that, I'm sorry. It's a 4.5 out of five and it is not in the hall of fame. I'm sorry. The ax man Griffin Davis comes and chops down another perspective (laughs) hero. What a grim day for everyone. Um, that's cool, though, man. I've been playing still Divinity 2 constantly. Yeah. Uh, haven't well, stopped. Well, that's like a 300-hour game or something, right? <laughs> Especially when you do what I do, which is like every possible. Like, I get some people. I mean, I work on doing this. I get the talk to animals skill right away in that game. So I can get all the side quests from animals that are like, I, I lost my biscuit. Yeah, you, you know, those animals aren't giving you main quests. They're giving you side yeah, quests. But, but I just do every animal side quest and like every <laughs> everyone side quest. So I take like the longest possible time <laughs> to do anything. Except also I keep thinking I'm discovering things that are side quests, but they're just me being an idiot. So I also lose a lot of time being like, what's on this cliff? And it's like literally nothing. And it takes me like an hour to like solve a puzzle to climb it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I teleport this guy here and throw this thing here, then I can teleport another guy there and get everyone to top of the cliff. And the game's like, yeah, the reason that was so hard is because you're not supposed to go here. <laughs> like, there's no reason to be here. Put it on the Switch and I'll play it. Uh, but there's two things of video game news I have to get into today at the top. Do it, uh, do it, do it, okay, do it. Okay, first one is the reveal of the hottest new video game character ever created. I'm talking about Bowsette. It is a oh, yeah, dude. fusion of... Princess Peach and Bowser. Is that correct? Is that how it works? I believe believe that is correct. Into a hot lady Bowser that's taken the internet by storm. I think it started from a webcomic. Have you seen this? Yeah, I've seen, I've, I've seen this. You've seen yeah. you've turned off to this already? Yeah. I've, I've been there, done that already. <laughs> yeah, no, would fap again, 10 out of 10. Um, that's big, but then also uh, a major game, I wouldn't say major, a game studio is closing, Telltale Games. How do you how do you feel about that? I mean, the same way I feel every time, like, an overstretched indie game company closes, it's like, I'm sure it was shady to work there because I'm sure people were treated poorly because that's where what happens. Um, so bad management is, you know, a shitty thing that ha- makes a lot of people get punished. So that's sad. Um, and I like their games a lot. So it's just like another sort of like the games industry is fucked up and now we lose like another cool. Well, I'll say this. I think the games suck. Um, like it's sad that a bunch of people are losing their jobs, but like those games are bad. Like they have I guess constantly like they were cool for a second, <laughs> but like they've admitted that their story, like the choices don't matter. Like all the little they will remember this is that of your choices mm-hmm. actually don't add up to anything, really. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I, I discovered mean, this after not- replaying the Game of Thrones one. I was like, wait. So everything is just the same still. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it's not they're They're not making like super fun, super cool. Like, I mean, there are cooler like narrative games on Twine, right? But, I, what, but that's not my real point. Doing. That's not my real point. But, my point is not that the games are bad. My point is, is that now they're saying on Twitter, like, 
if you guys can like help us, we can maybe try and finish this last game. It's like, why don't you pay your fucking employees severance severances instead? Like, yeah, no, that's it, it's infuriating. It's like insane that you're trying to finish like the last DLC of whatever garbage uh, last thing you're doing. Like, see, here's why I think Telltale. I agree that like the games aren't good games, but I think they're really cool experiments in like video games, a story like video game frameworks, of storytelling mechanisms. And like, even if they're not like, like, yeah, it's just like choices that don't matter and quick time events that aren't very hard. Um, but I think it's a cool thing and a cool like narrative experiment and it kind of just a bummer that like people are going to be way more reticent to do that kind of stuff because like telltale died. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's bullshit that these employees all don't get any money for free. Yeah, no, I think it's for sure. It's that's fucked up as hell um, because fucking capitalism is the worst, dude. Um, um, but now that I've got my blood boiling. Um, <laughs> oh, wait. Speaking of blood, actually, we got a blood bowl update. No. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> season no. two. Season two just began the regular season. I finished the preseason three and two with MTV colon the challenge colon stars. Um, <laughs> and our first game was against the high elves uh, who are wood elves, but it's like a weed. And joke. You guys are snake um, people, right? No, we are rat people. Rat people. Sorry, rat people. Um, and it was a draw because I did something stupid. So stupid, in fact, that my roommate came in just as I was throwing a controller on the ground and screaming, I'm a fucking moron. <laughs> um, so I should be 1-0. Instead, I am 0-0-1, but that's okay because uh, better than losing. And only one guy died, so we're in a good place. Yeah, you'd think the high elves would be able to take care of a few pesky rats. Yeah, well, see, I'm I did a good job. And then at the end of the game, I had a really easy way to score a touchdown. And instead, I did something stupid and lost the ball like a huge moron. But this, um, this but is another other, example of if you just add something to sports like fantasy, I'm, I'm already more interested. Yeah, I got uh, I tried to punch an elf out of the way with a giant rat. But instead, I tried to do a, a tricky throw thing. Now, for if that, no was, good if that was happening in real life, I would not care how many concussions those rats got. I would say get as many concussions as you want. Well, You're a millionaire rat. Because they, they die a lot. So it's good that you're so sort of heartless about it. Um, the other kind of thing about this is, and I'll have more information about this if we get this underway, but uh, Jared, the commissioner of my league and myself are going to maybe start trying to stream the Blood Bowl League and do commentary which will be a fun little project. Um, and so once we get that going Our on guest Twitch, nodded I'll let politely. He was, he's, yeah, he's I, actually I, I'm a huge Blood Bowl fan. So. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, yeah, dude. Well, we can talk. We can, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that momentarily once we introduce you. But yeah, so check the... Um, I guess I'll tell you what to check. It doesn't exist yet, but when it comes, it's it's in the works. You it's always be are cool, plugging things that people can't find. Uh, <laughs> no, usually, I know where they are. But this is will be existing some point. Uh, I think it's a it's a cool thing. I'm excited. But about existing it. right now in this very room is a guest who has brought on a prop, our, yeah. one of our first props. Uh, I'd like to uh, welcome to the Game Boys podcast as sketch comedian Hunter Edwards. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yes, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, some guests bring like beers, sure. uh, and, but you've brought on something uh, way better than a beer. Yeah, no, I'm a piece of shit. I brought a uh, uh, <laughs> uh, giant Metal Gear Solid. Oh, I shouldn't say it, right? No, 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 no. I mean, oh, okay. It's the title of the episode. There's no, oh, great. Okay. there's no reveals. Yeah, I brought a giant... Uh, a promo box for Metal Gear Solid 4 that's signed by uh, the creator Hideo Kojima, the art director, and one of the actresses uh, from the game who played one of, who played a uh, Raging Raven. I so think. this is a massive box. It's huge. Yeah, it's a huge box. It's big. It's, Griffin, this is a true story. Griffin asked uh, before the recording if it's a console box or a box <laughs> for just the game. Yeah, because, yeah, really because it looks like box. maybe like there was like a P a PlayStation Three Metal Gear Solid branded, you know, right. console. No, uh, so when this came out, I was working at Hollywood Video at the time. And so we had uh, to do RIP RIP. They still exist now. No, they're <laughs> when I got hired at Hollywood video, they said, uh, Hey, so just so you know, uh, we just filed for uh, bankruptcy. <laughs> so and that's honestly better than telltale games. Hey, Telltale yeah. games, take a page out of Hollywood videos book. Yeah. Let people know <laughs> that you're going out of business before you hire them. Um, you're going to like, this is the most fired up you've ever been on anything that affected other people. <laughs> I'm furious. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm into these it, people made bad games anger. for years and now they don't get any money. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. terrible. <laughs> them. Um, I'm saying you're at Hollywood video. They're about to go bankrupt. And then. Oh, uh, anyways. So, yeah, I saw this promo box and I said, I'm going to take that shit. Uh, and then when we had to take them all down, I just took one home. Um, and then 
there was like a stint in my life where I was frequently going to Comic-Con and I went to Comic-Con one year and Hideo Kojima was doing like a signing for Metal Gear Solid 4. I think it was probably the same year. Um, and yeah, and I brought this box just because I was like, well, I'm going to get him to oh, sign the fucking when box. You have a, when you're bringing a box around like that, you're on a mission. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's great. Uh, and I, yeah, I was like first in line. Uh, I'm not painting a great picture of myself right now. I was first in line. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so you got there early. <laughs> I got there early. I showed up at 3 a.m., killed a couple dudes yeah. on the way there. <laughs> this, was, this was before it was that brutal, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, first in line and. I showed it to him and he doesn't really speak English. Right. But uh, he had a very surprised look on his face just by the, the size of the box. And he was very <laughs> he happy was to like, sign who it. He built this box. <laughs> and he was, he was like, hey, is that for a console or a game? <laughs> yeah, he asked me too. Yeah. Um, okay, well, here's a question, a logical follow up question, uh, which we don't usually have on this show. Um, you said that you were, there was a period where you're going to Comic-Con a lot. Why, well, were you, was just for fun or did you have like a, no, uh, well, yeah, I went the first time in 2012. I think it was the year I got this signed. Okay. So that's still, that's still later into Comic-Con's history. Yeah. You know? Like that's when it was very, you know, it's on the internet now. And yeah. There's lots of cosplay. It was interesting. Like I went there and it was already pretty big, right? It was already like the expo room was like huge. Like the showroom was already like, you know, uh, EA's got a giant booth. Fox has a giant booth and stuff like that. But uh, I ran into a guy there that has been that was going there to Comic-Con since it started. And he was just like doomsaying the whole thing. Like I sat down and talked to him. He's like, man, this shit's going to hell. Just watch. <laughs> and I was like, all right, Dude, I guess. All of these people in your life, the Hollywood video manager, they've been, <laughs> they've been warning you of these apocalypses as you enter. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep entering <laughs> really bad situations. Video game ask. Like you're about to go in the dungeon. Yeah. The guy's like, it's pretty bad in yeah, there, bro. Yeah. No, it's, it's dangerous to go out there alone. Uh, yeah. And I feel like Comic-Con's like, and th things like E3 and Comic-Con are pretty untenable right now. They're really not the experience that they were became famous for yeah uh, the experience of like going to booths and having uh, and having and meeting game developers and stuff uh, there are still indie booths where you can do that at these at these festivals but overall it's just like you're crammed in like sardines you wait four hours mm -hmm. in line to see a trailer that you could have seen on youtube it's yeah exactly it's everyone's there for the exact wrong reason to be there <laughs> uh I, I i used to go because I really like comic books and stuff like that, too. So, uh, you know, it's a fun time and, you know, people dress up. Mm -hmm. It used to just be fun. And like you see people and you talk to people and you, you do stuff like that. But now it's like you go to buy something or you go mm -hmm. to stand in line to see something. Um, you stand in line for like days just to like listen to the guy who writes regular show uh, talk uh, and that's just his real voice, by the way. The guy who does the bird, that's just how he sounds. <laughs> and so it's, it's just sad now. Uh, I, I, yeah. I stopped I, I going. Like that that's your example. The guy from the regular show doing his voice. Yeah. Is, everybody's like. Is the bottom. <laughs> everybody's like, talk like the bird. And he's like, that. I just sound like that. <laughs> Um, no, but do the voice. I'm doing the voice. Uh, yeah, I stopped going. Can, can, can you not hear me? <laughs> so, well, okay, here's a question. I have a Comic-Con for anyone I've ever known who's been there. Um, what was the best cosplay you've ever seen at the Comic-Con? Because I'm a big, I think cosplay rules. Also, I have comic book questions. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, this is going to sound stupid, but. I bet it won't by comparison to the things that we'll say later. Well, it's like, it wasn't the, I mean, it wasn't the greatest like costume of all time, but it was a really small detail that I loved. Uh, some guy was dressed as Galactus from Marvel, right? The guy who eats sure. worlds mm -hmm. and yeah, he, the world eater. He, uh, He's hungry. He had a tiny little silver surfer, like circling his head. Yeah. Oh, that like a miniature rad. Like the rest yeah. of the Galactus costume is very stupid to look at. He's just like a purple guy. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Marvel he had, does that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he had like this automated, little silver surfer that would just keep circling them. And I thought that was super That's, cool. That fucking rules. Yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned that you're, you're a fan of comics. I, me also. 
Um, what what are some of the stuff that you read like super? We'll get into the video game shit in a second, but I'm very into this comic con tangent. Um, <laughs> like what's some of the comic books that you read or like some of the, the bigger ones for you? Uh, so I started reading right now. What I'm reading is the new uh, Doomsday Clock, I think is what it's called. I haven't been the, keeping up the, with it. The Watchmen, it's, it's the the Watchmen thing. thing. Yeah. Okay. I love the Watchmen. I love Alan Moore. Um, best Swamp Thing writer of all time. Uh, yeah. His Swamp Thing arcs the shit. The new Doomsday Clock is actually like pretty good. Um, it's obvious that it's like, hey, let's take a popular thing and put another popular thing in it. Do, do you know what Doomsday Clock is? I don't know what the premise of the new series it's, is. It's basically like Watchmen 2. Mm hmm. But with Batman and Superman in it. Oh. And weird. it's interesting because the whole thing about, you know, Watchmen was it, it was a parody on superheroes and yeah. things like that. Um, and like that was kind of like the first version of like a very grounded superhero story. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're also adding in like very high fantasy, like, like the Jokers in it. And and huh. all this other stuff. It's like uh, it's like Doctor Manhattan to me was like just like if if Superman didn't suck, like yeah, like so it's weird now to bring this Superman like, yeah, like logical... in after Doctor Manhattan. It's like the same kind of thing. Well, yeah, yeah he's like the logical endpoint of Superman. Yeah. He just like doesn't give a shit. Well, it's very interesting because like then you get the parallels of like. Batman meeting Rorschach, right? Mm -hmm. They're essentially kind of the same character. Yeah, there's some characters like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's a new Rorschach. Uh, spoilers, Rorschach gets exploded. But it's like a new guy. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's it it does a really good job of, like, playing with both sides of, like, parody of superhero stuff and appeasing really fun, like, you know, comic book pulp stuff, hmm. too. That's because uh, like uh, the Doomsday Clock also has their own like the Watchmen side has their own version of Joker and Harley Quinn. And they're both oh, like mimes. Every new detail, I'm, I'm getting less sold on this. <laughs> I mean, I, when I first saw it, too, I was like, oh, this is kind of dumb. But they do their story better than they yeah. do Joker and Harley Quinn's. Well, OK. And it's guy, all about execution, yeah. I guess. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I, I, I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm, i my most anticipated game is Kingdom Hearts three, so I can't really <laughs> comment um, on plot. Um, Every time you say that, it makes me feel better at doing things like taking a ten minute tangent to talk about comic books. Yeah. But let's go back to. Uh, I want to know a little bit more about you, Hunter. I, uh, I met you uh, doing sketch comedy out here in LA. Uh, you're on a very funny sketch comedy team uh, called Patsy. They're one of my favorite teams out here. Uh, love being at your show every month but uh where are you from originally uh i'm from california mm -hmm. i'm from fresno california um Tight. it's all right uh <laughs> it's uh it's the armpit of california it's basically right in the middle and it's the hottest most polluted meth capital of the united states really meth uh for a while we were the drunkest city in america for 2012, 2013, and then again in 2015. I love these stats. So do you think they're doing that yeah. based off like DUIs or like? Yeah, they're definitely doing it based off of DUIs. <laughs> but also a part of me thinks that like we didn't get it in 2015. So a part of us wanted to like run it back and try and win it again. <laughs> For 2015. Okay. Um, so, yeah. You, people were like, this is who we are. <laughs> Let's not forget where we came from, man. <laughs> yeah. What took got us here in the first place? Um, Drinking and driving. But, yeah. Uh, grew up there. Uh, and then I moved to Sacramento for a couple years. <laughs> An equal armpit <laughs> yeah. of, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's. Well, that place has trees. So, that's uh, okay, more sure, fun. Sure. Um, things can grow there. But, yeah. That's where. I started doing uh, comedy and stuff. Okay, out in Sacramento. Uh, yeah, up in Sacramento. Um, so that is there. What's the scene like out there? Uh, it's good. It's small, but there's like there's a couple really fun rooms. Uh, so do you doing stand up? Is that how you started? That's how I start. I started doing that, and I started with improv because uh, I feel like that's how most people start now. That's definitely the, yeah. It's like stand up, then improv yeah. are kind of like the starters. Yeah, uh, but I, I'm terrible at it. So I was just doing like improv jams and stuff like that with moms who have like a weekend off and want to also do something fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a cool spot to like really work on stuff. I, I think a lot of bigger comedians go up there and 
try stuff out and work on new stuff. So how old were you when you were doing comedy in uh, in Sacramento? Uh, I was 20, 23, 24. Mm-hmm. Um, when was that bug where you're like, okay, like I want to keep doing this uh, to somewhere even harder to live? <laughs> it, it was uh, pretty much immediately. Uh, like I started in Sacramento just because I was at a point where I was like, I'm just not fucking doing anything with my can i curse on this uh no 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 oh, yeah. okay no 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 okay <laughs> uh, I, I only one. i can at lux okay okay cool <laughs> all right well that does happen a lot uh so no i was at a point in my life where i uh was just like oh you know that there's really nothing going on i wanted to be a chef i wanted to be a musician those Ooh, like uh out. like john favreau yeah like uh yeah exactly i was gonna go to uh cooking school and i don't think it's called cooking school but uh <laughs> culinary yeah, school. yeah 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 that's it um but you know it's a start yeah i was gonna i was gonna do that or the other i had all these really lofty things but i always liked comedy like comedy mm-hmm. was a big thing in in my family um i was like listening to mitch hedberg albums when i was like in middle school and stuff and uh my mom is like a huge fan of comedy. She was always like making me watch, not making me, but like we'd put on Eddie Murphy specials and oh, stuff like that cool. and watch them. Um, well, I can't watch any more Eddie Murphy. You're going to sit up and yeah. gonna take it. You're, you're going to watch raw it. and you're going to love it. And then we're all going to repeat the jokes to each other after it. Every Thanksgiving, the jokes are still in very good taste. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. And then, yeah, I just started doing stuff up there. And and were you playing video games like the whole time? Throughout? Oh, I've been playing video games yeah. my entire life. Mm-hmm. I'm a. It's like, I don't know. That's probably one of the biggest things besides comedy is like uh, video games and stuff. My dad used to tell me the story of like, because my dad was super huge into video games. Well, he's super huge. Into like technology. So like when laser discs were mm-hmm. out, he had to buy. Sure. You guys house had all the new stuff. He, he had to have. Yeah. Um, so I had like a laser disc of some Bruce Lee movie. I, I don't remember the name of it. I just know Bruce Lee was in it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he was like, yeah, Lux, Lux's dad is the same way. He, he, he like, uh, we, we had him on the podcast and he, has been playing video games with his kids from early on, which is very yeah, unique. He, yeah. Did yeah. you guys play video games with you? Oh, for sure. Well, like when I was a kid, he'd like turn on Super Mario Brothers and just let the the intro song play to like calm me down and like <laughs> to put me to sleep and stuff. I should have your lullaby yeah. song. Instead that of being like a good dad rule. and like taking care of me, he uh, <laughs> just turned on a video game and let that do it. Uh, that kind of fucking rips though, honestly. <laughs> I should, I should, I have a picture that my mom took when I was like very little in diapers and it's like one of the first times I was standing, but I'm playing Super Nintendo also. So I'm like <laughs> tiny in a diaper and playing... <laughs> Uh, so you're destined for greatness. Yeah, I was destined yeah, to be doing this one. my entire life to <laughs> no gain. Um, yeah, been playing for a really long time. Just everything, huge video game. Have you ever done? Yeah. Have you ever tried to to merge the two with your like your comedy and the video games, or like do those worlds not meet that often? Uh, I don't know. Like I've tried to do uh, like Twitch and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to. There's 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 like a level that you have to get to. Like, I think I'm a pretty good host. I mm-hmm. think I can talk to people. All right. Definitely. But you have to like, you're never like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm never playing a video game and just talking to myself. Oh no. Like we tried Twitch streaming dark souls too. Yeah. Uh, and I was like the first hour I was like, okay, I can do this. And then I was like, ah, yeah, like I don't want to keep talking right now. Yeah. I feel like that is pretty much how it happened. (laughs) I just feel like a lunatic. Like every time I'm streaming, I'm like, oh, so I'm going to go into this place. It does make you feel a little psychotic. Yeah. Now, if if, maybe if there was like a stronger chat presence and you were actually talking to people that were like typing to you, would you feel less crazy? But like, well, it's like it's a give and take. Like if you're not talking, people aren't going to show up. And if you Mm -hmm. do talk, you feel like you're insane. Uh, so basically what I stream, if I do stream is I play magic, the gathering. Okay. Oh, and that's fuck like, yes, that, that is something that I literally have to talk to myself and be like, okay, so I can tap this and then play this. 
And if I do that, that'll counter that. And then I can keep it like that is something I do have to actually talk out loud and move stuff. Now, but now uh, remind me correctly, Magic the Gathering, you playing against another opponent still, right? Yeah. It's are a, you, but are you filming yourself playing in a room or is it online? No, I'm playing online. Okay, on, so they've turned it online. Yeah. Well, it's been... We have, there's a new, uh, a new Magic the Gathering game that came out recently that is... That, that's uh, like and Gwent online. and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah it's like Hearthstone okay. or whatever. It's it's uh, very like Gwent. What <laughs> of all of the like, collectible card game online shits? You pick Gwent, the like utter failure game. Yeah, that's a good uh, promotion for Gwent. All you Gwent yeah, heads the first out time there. We've talked about Gwent in the public space in, in like a year and a half. Um, no, they they're releasing a new Magic Online game because the one that they have had. Uh, is like from 1996. Mm -hmm. So I still feel like I'm playing solitaire. It's like all 2D and it's got like Windows 95 sound effects. Oh, great. And you still have to like buy cards. It's crazy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) At a physical store and then feed them into the computer. It's insane. No, like you legit have to like buy cards from like third party websites. Really? Because there's like a party website. Yeah, because it's like a whole economy of like... Yeah, magic people don't mess around. No, those people are nuts. I say that as formerly <laughs> extremely one of them. Um, but you know that uh, Griffin. I used to play. I used to play in tournaments. But uh, from is, MTG. Uh, like, would you would you say that you are a uh, like a gamer that do you prefer games that are like just you like a single player experience or have you been have you played online games a lot? Um, like, I've, is it a mixture? I've run like the whole gambit. Mm-hmm. Like I used to compete in Street Fighter. Cool. Uh, Who do you play? Who's your main? (laughs) That's the thing uh, is that I never really picked. So I, I, when I was like really trying to be competitive, I was playing in four. So I was like, well, I can't pick a character. So I'm just going to pick the guy who's every character. So I played Seth who was, who was uh, good for a really long time. Uh, he's basically like the final boss character and he just has everybody's moves. Oh, okay. So he can like throw sonic booms, but then he's also got like Dalsum's arms. Okay. So is he like, is that, is that considered a cheat character or a character? that's just too hard to master. Like when he first came out, like, cause street fighter always has like 90 editions that come out after the first one. When he first came out, people are like, all right, this is ridiculous. So in the second one, they kind of like nerfed him a little bit. Mm -hmm. They made him a little bit weaker. Um, and then I think the sweet spot where he was like, he was good, but you could still beat him mm-hmm. was in arcade edition 2012. I think mm-hmm. he had like really low health. He had like really low stun, which means like if you get hit, you're probably dead, but he still had like most of the tools mm-hmm. and damage and stuff like that. Um, but those, those, those kind of fighting games I could never get good at, but so you're excited for smash then I'm guessing. I'm not because no. I don't like smash. Okay. Uh, oh, oh. Uh, I thought, I thought we were truly sympathetic. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but back in the day there was like a real, uh, hatred between the two groups of yeah. like street fighter players and mm-hmm. smash players. And I've never liked smash. You've never liked smash. But I also, I also am not a, not not taking Street Fighter side okay, either. Great. I'm like I'm like a third party guy who's like watching from a rock when you guys are like fighting in the canyon. I think when the See, whole esports I like both games, <laughs> I think you can like both. Yeah, for sure. It was just back in the day. It was kind of like it was really dumb because like Street Fighter, it's so stupid. But it like the guys who play it, like the old school guys, mm-hmm. come from like a really like almost like thuggish mentality Mm -hmm. because they had to play in arcades. Sure. And so they were paying money every time they had to play. Right. And so it was very, very competitive. Mm -hmm. It was very, very like shit talking people and Mm -hmm. getting in people's heads and stuff like that. I've seen like 90 fights break out over street fighter. (laughs) Um, Just because people are like, stop fucking beating me. And then the only reason, the only way they can get them to do that is to actually beat them up in real life. Um, <laughs> Which is, yeah, logical. That's logical to me. So Street Fighter guys used to be like really mean and Smash people have always been nice. Right. So they're the nerds. But I think once the esports thing happened, uh, everybody kind of like no, chilled no out. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think everybody's like, okay, we're all trying to get the same thing here. Right. Right. Which is that paper. Exactly. Um, speaking of getting stuff, we have been riffing for way longer than usually on yeah, the show. Sorry, I sorry. think it's probably t- No, dude, it's because you've been great. It's been fucking a lot of fun. But 
Griffin, right. I think it's time for us to have a little history lesson. A little bit of history about this game. Uh, <clears throat> so just imagine the really uh, dramatic music playing okay, right now. Metal Gear. Don't even tell everyone that. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened. I, I know the music. Metal Gear is a series of action-adventure stealth video games created by Hideo Kojima and developed and published by Konami. The first game, Metal Gear, was released in 1987 for the MSX Home Computer Architecture System, later being ported to the NES for Japan and America. The player takes control of a special forces operative who is assigned to find a nuclear superweapon, the titular Metal Gear. It will be followed with sequels for the next two decades to mix success, but the franchise was reborn in 2004 with a prequel in a drastic new setting. While previous games were set in a primarily urban environment, this game adopts a 1960s Soviet jungle setting, with the high-tech near-future trappings of previous Metal Gear Solid games being replaced with the wilderness. Considered one of the greatest video games of all time, the game received praise for its story, gameplay, graphics, setting, characters, and ending, as well as departing from the series' conventions. This week, the boys find the nukes and try not to get double-crossed with Metal Gear Solid 3. Snake Eater. There's like triple crosses in this game. Yeah, it's all over the place. <laughs> it's all um, over the place. But this is an this is a, this is an exciting one. Um, uh, so uh, just start, I guess, by telling you why you decided to bring this one on. Metal Gear Solid is like a very uh, important franchise to me in general. Um, Metal Gear Solid One was the first game that I beat, uh, and it was also the first time I was like legitimately scared by a video game. Mm. Uh, what, what about it? Have Have you played the first one? No. So there's a boss in it called Psycho Mantis. Oh, okay. I've and what he Mantis. What he does is, as soon as you encounter him, he starts talking to you. But it's a first person, like you're looking through Snake's eyes, shot of Psycho Mantis, and mm-hmm. he's talking to you. Mm-hmm. But he starts talking to like you, the guy playing the, the game. Yeah. And he goes, like "Oh my!" Like if you, I mean, when you really think about it, and you're not like a like a 12 year old kid. <laughs> It's really just reading your like save data. Yeah. But it starts going like, oh, you haven't saved in a while. Is that because you feel confident? And it just completely destroyed me <laughs> as a child. Yeah. And then you start. Yeah. So like you do the boss fight uh-huh. right after he's like doing all this like fourth wall breaking. And as you're fighting them, um, the TV will go out. Like the TV will go black. And it's, it'll like simulate the TV turning off. It'll simulate the TV like if you change the input. Yeah. And it'll say Hedio in the top right corner. Like, you know, old CRT yes. TVs yeah, yeah, used yeah, to yeah. say video in the top yeah. right corner. It looks it'll, the exact same. It'll say. And it says Hedio in the top God, right corner. That's so So drawing. it starts messing with you where you're like, <laughs> okay, what just happened? So I'm like messing with my PlayStation and I can hear him like kicking my ass because mm-hmm. like the music's still playing and stuff. And then it just comes back on and you're still in the fight and you're like, what is happening? <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's like uh, a moment that's like scary and also so meta for its time. Yeah, and just for you know, uh, I feel like I had a similar moment recently with uh, Doki Doki Literature Club, right? Uh, yep. Where the game just Doki started Doki. talking to me, and it, and it <laughs> felt like I felt like all of a sudden like oh, like that, like I don't know, like the feeling of like when you turn and like someone's been looking at you, yeah, or something like that, like that weird paranoid feeling. Um, but, uh, tell us more about this game and, and, and when you first played it and your experience with it. So Metal Gear Solid three, uh, snake eater, um, at, by this time I was like a huge nerd for the series. I beat one. It was the first game I played. Uh, two was awesome. I think I'm the only person that liked two because when it came out, there was so much, it caught so much flack. Now, this is the third one, but there was five games before it, to just to be clear, well, right? There was there was Metal Gear and Metal Gear Solid are two separate. And wasn't there not like, like Sons of Liberty or something? Well, that's or, two. That's two. And then there was uh, a remake Substance? of one. There was a remake of one, I think, yeah. as well. So there's like a few games, and yeah. I think people were just like hissy about the there was fans of two, mm. but a lot of people were like just too many plot twists, two all over the place. Uh, well, I was telling which foresaw <laughs> the criticism of every Metal Gear game, yeah, ever. Yeah, I was telling Brian the other night. I think Hideo Kojima is like video games is Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> where like Quentin Tarantino just makes dumb movies, but they're really good movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they're funny, they're intense. There's a ton of action. He does all these things, but at the end of the day, you're like, I'm just watching like a B movie. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much blood in like all these movies and it serves no purpose, but it's always entertaining. And that's how I feel like 
Hideo Kojima is as a director. I think you're onto something there. Because one thing I, I would actually compare between the two guys is like they always bring like almost too many ideas to a project. Sure. And it's like it's not like none of the ideas individually are, are, are bad. Mm. It's just that they're like they're just trying to cram so much into a thing that it just becomes uh, convoluted and un- unwieldy. Wieldly. Well, and, right. and famously, uh, Kojima wanted to make movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can definitely was, tell. And and so, yeah, <laughs> I actually, I haven't played this one. I've only played the newest one and the one that you've run the box in for. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what really first struck me is like they were designing this game for the PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the PlayStation 3 was taking too long to come out. So they released it for the PlayStation 2. And boy, does it feel like a PS3 game. Like yeah. when I was looking back at footage, like the cinematics have these like really interesting camera angles and movement going on. The cinematography is interesting. Um, all the boss battles are really unique like it feels very much like it was pushing the ps2 to like it's you know as high as it could go yeah you can, oh yeah it was cranking the ps2 up to 11 yeah. in a major way yeah i mean there's really specific spots like where when you first meet volgan on the bridge and he he's like charging himself with electricity like the playstation 2 can't even handle it so it's like super <laughs> choppy right yeah. there because there's so much just stuff happening on the screen. Right, well, mm-hmm. wasn't that also a part of the game's sort of initial issue was that it was released at 30 frames per second because of like the scale of stuff they were trying to do. And so it looked real weird. Yeah. I think, I think people were, I mean, they had to do another, like, uh, I think three was subsistence. There were, there were some like real technical problems with the game, but, uh, Primarily because most of their games before that were indoors. So it's way easier to build yeah. a warehouse with just walls than like an open jungle setting. Yeah, um, exactly. Which also uh, brings as an easy segue to one of the weirdest and I, of most divisive elements of the guy dang of the of the game. The uh, kind of the camouflage system Oh, was like yeah. a thing that at least for me, like distinguish that game in a lot of ways but i still to this day having played the game like one and a half times can't tell if i think it's dumb or not i absolutely loved it i mean i'm sounding so fanboy here but no hey i mean this is uh i also forgot to mention that i beat this game completely in secret too like i was grounded for a year from video games so I hussed Whoa, out. What did what you, did you do? do? Uh, I killed my brother. No, the uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> did a. I probably didn't like do homework or something. I don't know. Very strict parents. Uh, oh man, but, uh, Griffin and I are such rule like no. fucking Dorko rules boys. We're like, what? Here, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, I imagine being a father that plays video games and, tr- and banning your kid from video games. Wow, that's messed up. Well, yeah, yeah. it's pretty fucked up. It was, a, it, was a, it was a complicated thing. But uh, yeah, so I just so you beat it in secret. I hollowed out a Nike shoebox and I put a PlayStation 2 inside of it. And then I put stuff on top of it. And then I cut out ports on the back of the shoebox so that I could like plug it in and unplug it and like controller ports for it and stuff. <laughs> and Fuck uh, yeah, we had hardwood floors. So anytime I heard somebody coming up to my oh room, my God. I just like shut everything off and <laughs> read a book or something. But uh, no, God, I mean, rules. So that's like such a fucking excellent, like, <laughs> so you kid, play like kid. Uh, no, I had headphones. headphones okay. uh, no, it's a real psychopathic way to play it. It's a real uh, psychomantis. Thing <laughs> yeah. like uh, okay. One thing that I wanted to get into about these games in general, um, but this one and a few other specifically is these weird ass bosses. Yes. Okay. So all of like, I, what I like about these games is like, they, they kind of think it, you think it's just going to be like, like this military game, but then there's this like weird supernatural element to these games always. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I wanted to, I had kind of a main question for a fan. Cause I don't fully understand. Why do all of these guys have powers? Um, I mean, it's so loosely explained in the games. They're basically like super soldiers. Yeah. Or, okay. So they're like so government created. created them yeah. Okay. Um, sometimes that's the case. And other times they're just supernatural. Yeah. Cause um, like, the, like the one I watched all the boss battles this morning, the mm-hmm. end, the end fight, uh, yeah. which is a, a, a sniper that just shoots you for like half an hour. Otherwise mm-hmm. you hunt him through the forest. Uh, he's basically like a tree spirit or something. Like, yeah. 
Well, he's just a Wait, v- but Griffin, that isn't even close to the craziest of the bosses because the pain fights you with the power of controlling bees. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's even crazier. You're that's right. like that's. I remember playing that for the first time and just being like, "This is what are you even doing here anymore? Like, this is insane." <laughs> yeah, the I mean. The thing about the bosses, too, is that like in the the series in general is that there's so many different routes at which you can like attack things and it, it goes through the whole thing. Like, I mean, one of the big reasons I love the series is like you can talk to people and be like, oh, how'd you beat this boss? Mm-hmm. And back in the day when like Internet wasn't as big, like when you found something new out, you're mm-hmm. like, I didn't even know I could sure. do that. Like, I don't know if you guys knew that you could do this but the end right the really old sniper guy yeah if you went to your playstation 2 like hub Mm -hmm. and you leapt forward on your calendar like a week Mm -hmm. and you come back into the game he's just dead yeah you don't even have to fight him yeah and it's so like (laughs) that's so funny uh but there's like a couple bosses like that too there's like a very he just like he thinks of every situation there's a part at the end uh there's a part where there's one revolver ocelot fight where you're just supposed to like shoot at each other and you can either like pull the trigger or not pull the trigger on him and he there's two separate like cutscenes for both situations like a passive uh... basic well they're both stupid because revolver ocelot's so stupid in this game and i i love him because he's a fucking idiot but uh you basically like if you do choose to pull the trigger, you end up shooting him. But he's like, it's a blank. And then he jumps out of an airplane. Huh. And then <laughs> if you fucking ocelot. Movie. Yeah. And then <laughs> if you don't shoot him, he goes, hey, you didn't pull the trigger. I'll be seeing you around. And then he still jumps out of the plane. <laughs> That's great, though. Uh, I yeah. Like that. He's probably my favorite character in this game. Mm-hmm. When you first. I mean, he, he is extremely good. This this whole game. One thing I've always liked about the Metal Gear games, and this game definitely like sort of takes it to its logical sort of endpoint, is like they're really good at having characters about whom it's not that hard to give a shit. And games like this struggle so much with that so much of the time. Like they have like actual personality in both the bad guys and the good guys. Yeah. Even if like it gets swallowed up by like a ton of exposition that makes no sense. Like at least the people have like a sense of self. Even like like well, that, Ava that sense and, of self is crazy. Like they just they're they're, you know, they're all just like oh like this guy's insane because he's like that. Like like what like isn't Vulcan got like a robot jaw or something? He, he's like he's just electric. He's just electric. For, yeah, for no reason. Um, I, let's let's like let's talk about the story for a second, or sure. or at least attempt to. Yeah, let's. Uh, Sure. Uh, so, like the like the grand scope of, of of this game, I think what's what it's cool is trying to do is basically like talk about how like all of these governments around the world are all conspiring, and and it's all just like politics and government just create like layers of confusion and 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 smoke and mirrors when and actually there's only just a few people controlling everything because isn't the plot of this game that they're trying to find the philosopher's money which is a bunch of people that used to rule the world i think yeah yeah. (laughs) more or less like it starts off being about like um find not finding the philosopher's money but finding um like this bomb and stopping a global nuclear event. And then that sort of segues into like, oh, but also there's this mysterious cabal that has all yeah. the money. Right. And right. they left it secretly with this Russian man. And now mm-hmm. we have to get it back. And, and like also China people here. are double cross and triple cross. And yeah, exactly. It's, it's very much that. That mm-hmm. is like the one thing from this game that I never remember. It's always just like, I felt like everything about this game was in full service of like, just like, this is how mm-hmm. the big boss character gets started mm-hmm. and everything else feels secondary. And I think that's kind of like one of my biggest flaws with the game is like, if he, you're right, he does try to do too many very ambitious things at one time, even though they're all equally good. Mm-hmm. You just got to focus on one buddy. But, um, I mean, I think the origin story is probably the more compelling I will, one. I will say this might be the most coherent of the franchise, though. That's true. Like, yeah. t- like I, after, you know, really diving into the Wikipedia of it, I was like, okay, there's a lot going on here, but I feel like the other ones are crazier. I feel like one's pretty straightforward, yeah. But, yeah. but two and two and four and four is really wacky. Yeah. Five's pretty Indeed. wacky. 
But I think like Final the Fantasy ultimate five is fucking out of control. Yeah. Yeah. But like the themes, uh, I think like I, I, I do really agree with the themes of, of the game. I just don't know if it's always like a satisfying narrative experience to like, get there with it. Yeah. But it has style for days. Like I was just watching some of these cinematics and it's just like they're just so much better than what other things were happening on the PlayStation 2 at the time. Yeah. I mean, he very much like has talked about like he being Kojima has talked about like why how he was like, no one let me make movies. And so I put all of this like cinematic effort and like design ideas, the movies I wanted to make into my fucking Metal Gear games. And I bring back up Kingdom Hearts again, because it's like Kingdom Hearts has an equally con or even more convoluted plot than this franchise. Mm. Uh, but there's like in the same way with Metal Gear, there's a there's an earnesty and like an overflowing of ideas. Um, and like if you like make if you, it still feels like earnest and it's like interesting moment to moment, mm-hmm. like I think we as gamers can like forgive uh, like it's it's bullshit. Basically, <laughs> I was also kind of having the same argument with Brian also it's, me and Brian yell at, at each other a lot. Brian from Patsy, <laughs> by the way, uh, go see Patsy. Uh, did you see Hereditary? Uh, yes. OK, Big so time. that's like. Two different movies, right? Wouldn't mm-hmm. you say? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a problem with something that's like multiple things. I th- as long as kind of like what you were saying, as each one of those is entertaining. Mm-hmm. But there are definitely people out there that are like, well, just give me the one thing. Right. And let me follow that because mm-hmm. one thing is good and I don't need another good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of like his big problem with that movie. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the stories for these games are kind of like, you just got to kind of like take what you want out of it. Like for me, when I think about three, I only give a, I only care about the big boss stuff. Mm -hmm. And if I just look at it through that scope, it's very well done. Yeah. And, and and it's technically fairly straightforward in the sense it's like you have a mission, you fight all of these bad guys that are part of the unit that are trying to stop you from your mission. You finish the mission there's, and there's a twist and the last thing you do is this. You know, like it's and the the, the basic beats of it are fairly clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, I did. We did a video about this game for work or about about the Metal Gear games in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what makes it hold up, because, I mean, we've talked on this podcast a fair amount about how annoyed I get by games that like don't make any sense. Uh-huh. Um and that's still always permanently true. But with these games, they get a little bit more leeway because there's like such a coherent sense of theming to them. Yeah. Like, like you're saying, even though the plots are convoluted, it's still just like capitalism is bad and like governments are shady is like all the games ever really saying. Yeah. I mean, like, I think at the end of the day, you still get it. Like you still get that you're the hero and you have to go in and you have to stop bad thing from happening. Um Sometimes he adds a little too much uh, seasoning to that formula, but uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely that's well, right. That's well said. Yeah. It's also, it's also interesting that like uh, this, this like Hideo Kojima wanted to make a game about like American military. Yeah. Um, yeah well, he loved, he loved fucking uh, like James Dean shit mm-hmm. and like, uh, you know, I guess it goes back to, yeah, he wanted to make movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess he, that's what it goes back to. Of, and like he loved like Escape from New York and all that shit. And he just wanted to like Yeah, just do that. Do yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then everyone was like, You're not allowed to. And he was like, Well, what if it's a video game? And they were like, Yeah, do whatever you want. No one knows what those are yet. Now yeah. I want to bring up a different topic about these games that I want to see where you guys fall, because I'm very torn. Is <laughs> all the female characters in this game are so strong and they all have their boobs out. And I'm just like yeah. so torn between it because like all the like the character Ava mm-hmm. in this one is really cool. Yeah. And she's like does her own thing and like has a big plot twist at the end. Yeah. Uh, and then like the game, the girl in five who's like a sniper or whatever. Uh, uh, oh, God. Near is her name, I think. I totally forgot. Her Anyways, name. it's like oh, all these quiet, sorry, quiet. Yeah. All these like characters like are badasses, but they're just kind of, they're just like so barely clothed. Yeah, well, it's well, like, that weird like Japanese like anime like something for daddy shit that like is just like <laughs> pervasive. It, here's my thing with it. I've I've talked to like personal female friends who have like play games and stuff okay. like that. Yeah, uh, and I I think we're both on the same page when. Again, I'm not a lady, so don't 
get mad at me about this, but I think I think people want to be sexy, right? You want to play a sure. sexy character. I want to play a sexy character. Oh, I play female characters a lot. But if I'm using the sexy thing as like my weapon, like if they were smothering you with their boobs sure, out and things that like that. Sure, that was the only thing, but they have guns. But like yeah. the boss is like she demonstrates her power yeah. On the bridge when she's she's carrying two nuclear warheads. Right. And she drops them and the whole bridge moves and snake and everybody falls down and she's just still standing. Right. I mean, it's not like these women are weak in any way. They're strong and they're powerful and they're very confident. Mm. I think that's fine. Yeah. If they're like also they can be sexy, too. Mm -hmm. But if it's if they're using that, they're using that. And then they're also like being exploited because of it and sure. things like that. I think that's where the line is kind of no, Yeah, they, I mean, they have they have a lot of agency in these games. They, they fuck shit yeah. up. It's kind of on that Buffy the Vampire type tip of like, you know, like hot ladies can be super sweet at fighting too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no reason they can't. Yeah. And it, it is built around that, which is, a, which is a cool thing for sure. It's also just like sometimes it feels very got to have a little something for daddy, which is uh, uncomfortable. Yeah. I think the feeling. biggest, the one I've, the one design I've had the biggest problem with, I think is quiet. And I think a lot of people had problems with that. His reasoning behind making quiet in Metal Gear Solid 5 is because he wanted to make a female character that was easy for women to cosplay. Which is the worst thing you should fucking say. Because <laughs> she's just wearing a bikini. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I think it's such insanely Well, I think we all it? survived that question without getting any of us into trouble. And so, I think that's a victory. Good, good. Yeah, that's extremely good. Um, good good work, team. Is there anything else we should talk about this game in particular? Um, well, one, one thing I was wondering about this game is like do you get caught up when you're playing these games in the geopolitics stuff at all when you're playing them or do you really just get like into the personal quest kind of elements because i know there's some people who like love feeling like a cool spy yeah um but other people who just like want to like just do the adventure i i'm a big fan of the snake character so when things don't i i think all the external politics of it are very interesting and I think those add flavor to to the games and stuff, depending on which one you're playing. But I think the the more the most interesting thing about all these games is it's this mostly mute character who's just a cool guy. He's basically like I don't know. I'm trying to he's think. Clint of, Eastwood. He's Clint. Yeah, sure. He looks like Clint well, Eastwood. Well, he's yeah. no. He, well, he's Snake Plissken, right? From uh, uh from Escape from, from New, New York. York. Yeah. Uh, I think those are the more interesting things, right? Because I mean, look, if we're gonna You've been talking about Tall Tale a lot, mm-hmm. right? Or Telltale? I, Telltale. I don't know. Those games are bad because they're all story and that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Like there really isn't fu- like there isn't a fun thing to do in those games besides mm-hmm. press triangle sometimes. Mm-hmm. And if those triangles led to different outcomes <laughs> than if I press square, I would love them. Sure, but then you're just playing like a <laughs> Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventure. But um, no, I mean like I, I think – Putting yourself in, I mean, I like to just put myself into that character, into the snake character. Sure. You and like, you like the Master Chiefs, the, the, the Max Payne, the Max Payne. Yeah. yeah. The John Wicks. Uh, those are just fun, actiony characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I think there's something, something that I think is cooler about this character than just a normal badass is, is that he's this man that's like, like this, like ultimate soldier. That's like, I guess all these governments just forced to like stay alive and like clone him and stuff. Yeah. Like he's just like this, this man that's just been like drug through decades of political violence. There's, like, there's so much sadness in yeah, the series, especially with the box you brought on this one. I mean, I think that one, old Iraq, snake, yeah. one, old snake is like, had so much of those feels. Well, the, the ending of this too, where you have the final confrontation with, uh, with boss, with boss. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's maybe the, one of the most beautiful things I've seen in video games. Mm-hmm. It's like somatic, like again, Hideo, we get it. You want to f- make movies, dude, chill mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Cause honestly, don't you only have to shoot her once? No, you, you actually have to fight her. Yeah. You actually have to like go through a fight, okay. but it's completely quiet. There's no music. Yeah. It's like the, yeah. it's one, I think it's the only boss like fight flower field and something. you're in a flower field and it's just really sad. Cause you're f- basically, you're trying to kill the person that's made you. And then, yeah. uh, 
Even, but and, then, and even her story sad, after too, you kill yeah. her, you realize that she was just uh, like trying to die so that the government, so that America could look good. Yeah. When actually she was pretending to be a traitor so that America could have a fall guy, basically. Yeah. So she was the she was such a patriot to her country that, that she was like, well, America's going to look bad. So instead, how about I just look like a traitor and, and have my employee kill me? Yeah. Uh, and so and that's what he realizes, like on this gravesite at the end of the game, is that like patriotism is confusing. Yeah. And, uh, it's like, what is the point? Like, yeah, it, totally. it is their honor and country. Like all those questions that like, came together at the end of this. And like, and I think that's why like this, the, landing. the snake side of things is so interesting is because when you see it through that, like when you see it through the people of mm-hmm. it and not just the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. it's not as wacky. You can kind of like ground you like, oh, I get it. She is a person who suffered extreme loss. I can connect with this person. It makes it harder to do this. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Um, But this was uh, a fantastic pick and we will have to give our final ratings right after this break. Okay. Citizen, stop. I'm from the future. Everything sucks now. Why? Because you didn't buy new soap dispensers. Your soap dispensers are old and disgusting, and they paved the way for the robotic revolution. My soap dispensers? Well, it is true. They barely even work. Mostly, they just squirt out dirt. Exactly. It's your fault. So buy new soap dispensers today, or you will curse us all. Wait, so... How do we get from my soap dispenser to the robot revolution? Shut up, worm. <laughs> I earned that, I guess. Hey there, internet, and welcome back to the Gig Gig Game Boys podcast. I'm trying new uh, segues back into I the like show. It. I like you trying new things. Yeah, all right. Well, that's great. Uh, I'm still uh, Michael. I'm still Lux. Your co-host is still Griffin Davis, and your guest is still uh, Hunter Edwards. We are here talking about Metal Gear Solid Three: uh, Colon Snake Eater. And uh, now it is time for us to rate that game, boys. So, Hunter, you're the guest on the show. <laughs> you say colon snake eater. It sounds like there's like a snake that goes into your colon. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought that sounded kind of funny. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad you thought it was a good joke, too. Um, yeah, Hunter, you are our guest on this episode, which means that a uh, common courtesy dictates you go first. So we're going to be writing okay. this on a scale from one to five joysticks and uh, giving it a little blurb about why you think that. And so take it away, man. Uh, uh, this is tough. Can I do like decimals? Yes. Oh, yeah. OK, great. Um, I want to give this a four point eight. Whoa. I think. Uh, there's like just a couple things. Uh, I love that score. This this is a man that you know has some. He, <laughs> we he thought, thought about it. Uh, thought a lot about this. There's a couple things for it for me that like keep it from being like the perfect game. Um, just some clunkiness UI side and mechanically, and then you know some obvious uh, story things. But like it does a lot of things extremely well. It's funny sometimes for no reason. Uh, it's really scary sometimes for no reason. You really get the sense of you being in a jungle and by yourself and having to survive. Uh, it's really fun. The, the story is good. Uh, yeah, it, I think it's my favorite Metal Gear game. So 4.8. Oh, hell yeah, Griff. What yeah, you got? We and we didn't even talk about the whole injury setup. Like, this is a game that had, like, those, like, injury settings where you could, like, yeah. heal parts of your body. I heard. Sorry, that's distracting. <laughs> um, I mean, it's true. This game has a lot of mechanics we didn't get into because there's so much in every Metal Gear game that if we were actually doing, like, a deep dive, <laughs> exactly. we'd be here for, We've already... We're already longer than a regular episode is, and we just started after the commercial break because these games are so intensely deep. And so I just talk about comics for 10 minutes. I'll take some responsibility for that. Yeah. Anyways... Yeah, I I, uh, I like I, I like everything it's doing. I think it's like a game that like has a lot to say, and then like doesn't always say it exactly right. But it is such a it was such a game for its time. Like I'm still amazed watching some of this stuff that it was like happening on the PS2. Um, and I just I love a game that's like bursting with ideas. Uh, so I'm gonna give it a four point five. All right, I'm gonna be the low boy this time and give it a four. Um, 
I think there are other Metal Gear Solid games that I like better. I like, I think I like five better, even if the plot in five is like the most ludicrous shit ever written by Mm -hmm. a human being and is like utter nonsense. (laughs) It's just like a little bit more fun mechanically. And I think the, the more stuff's got done pat. Um, but I like every Metal Gear game because like I said, the themes of like government shadiness and capitalism being bad and like overall corruption and weird, like techno enclaves are all shit I like and think about all the fucking time. And so I'm obviously mostly on board, but they're just like mechanically some stuff that doesn't quite work. The story's a little convoluted even by, or I mean, not by Metal Gear standards, but it's still a little convoluted by any objective standard. Um, (laughs) And um, I just like, I mean, I didn't get to talk about this a lot, but like the camouflage thing is kind of just so I didn't like it because it's just a number that hangs out that you can keep track of and it doesn't feel like quite as immersive. And so I actually thought it made the stuff le- like some people really like it for the stealth thing. And I totally get that. But for me, mm-hmm. it made it like kind of less fun um, than just being like, can they see me? I don't know. And so it's like, yeah, I'm at 93. I'm good or whatever. Um, okay. So, I see what you're saying. Um, so like, yeah, there was little things about it that I didn't love, but I still obviously like Kojima is an incredible game designer. The game is still fucking super cool. Um, so I'm going to give it a four and I think it's, uh, it is good. Well, that was phenomenal. That was an excellent game. Thank you for bringing that on. Uh, but now it's time <laughs> for everyone's favorite segment, Mentalata segments. That's right, boys and girls. It's right time for the segment segment. Uh, Griffin, do you have a segment? Uh, you know, uh, I have a I have a bad segment, and uh, we're running long, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cut for the first time ever my segment. Whoa! Wow. Oh my god, very brave. I also think maybe Sniffing you've done it. that. I think maybe you've done that before. But uh, <laughs> an audible on this one. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not cutting mine because I just spent a long time, long time thinking about it. Um, so we're gonna bring back the the game show that's been taking the world by storm. It is the everyone's favorite game. It is Do They Eat Ass. This is a simple <laughs> game in which I'll propose the names of three video game characters and you guys will decide whether it is through collaborative conversation or competitive combat or sorry collaborative conversation or combative competition uh which character you believe eats ass and so we will start with today which is themed obviously as video game spies uh first up on the list is i know we've been talking about naked snake for this episode but i want to hear about what you guys think about solid snake does solid snake eat ass god there's so many characters with the same names that's the other <laughs> thing about these games <laughs> Solid, like, solid Snake is the first one. Okay, yeah, Solid Snake is the first. Solid Snake's yeah. the OG. So, what is different about what? So, if you remind me, what makes Solid Snake different than the Snake in Three? Nothing. No. They're basically the same character. Oh. They just have different names. Okay. Yeah. And how old is he in, in, in Solid Snake? Uh, I think he's thirty something. He's like in his thirties. Yeah. Okay, so he's not super old. But he's in his thirties yeah. and like the eighties, nineties. As opposed to Naked Snake, who's in his 30s and like the 60s, 70s. I'm, I'm going to say no simply because I think he would have, but I think he was just born in the wrong era. Okay. <laughs> uh, what do you think? What do you got, what do you got for this one? Uh, I'm going to say no uh, because Solid Snake doesn't have time to be eating ass. He's got to do shit. Like, he's got stuff to figure out. Yeah. It's a major extracurricular. The guy doesn't, he doesn't even have time he, to not be killing fools. He just seems aloof into caring about people in general. So sure. I don't I don't know if he'd go that extra mile. Yeah, did he have a romantic relationship? He had I mean, Meryl. Yeah, he does. But it does seem a little Protestant, if you know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> um, but uh, now let's talk about everyone's favorite knockoff of Solid Snake. What about Sam Fisher from Splinter Cell? Does Sam Fisher eat ass? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, I would never have played a Splinter Cell game. But really? maybe you have based on your laugh. I'm going to say... Griff Dog, I thought Splinter Cell would be so your shit. I know Sam Fisher. I know Sam Fisher eats ass because I guarantee... <laughs> he knows. He knows. I guarantee Michael Ironside eats ass. And a Michael Ironside voices Sam Fisher, so... That yeah. is maybe the most compelling reasoning we've ever had on the show. <laughs> okay. Um, and finally, our final, <laughs> our absolute final, uh, my favorite video game spy, Humongous Entertainment's Spy Fox. Does Spy Fox eat ass? <laughs> Who the fuck is Spy Fox? I'm pulling it up right now. Hang on. Let me look at this guy. Yeah, let, me, let me see, let me see the, his eyes. I need to see the, <laughs> oh, Jesus what his energy Christ. is. Spy Fox? Yeah. Oh, this oh, guy. Oh, okay. This guy. In dry cereal? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Spy Fox in dry cereal? <laughs> uh, but a wet ass, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say yes. Hey, for sure. I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I think so, too, but, like... We talked about how busy uh, Solid Snake is. Spy Fox has plenty of time. He's he's in a game called Dry- Cheese Chase. I yeah. think he's got time to eat <laughs> yeah, ass. He's, he's in a low-stakes environment. 
Although, although I don't think he'd really chase chase eating ass after a long cheese chase. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No, that's fair. But you know. If it comes to him, I think he'd do it. I think you guys are right. And ladies and gentlemen, that's another episode of Do, do They Eat Ass? And that is also another episode of the Game Boys podcast. Woof, that was a long one. Um, but it was a goddamn pleasure because you've been a great guest, Hunter. Where can the people who certainly would like to find more of you? Uh, yeah, uh, at Hunter Edwards BB on most social media sites. Uh, I am in a sketch group called Patsy. Yeah, go see Patsy at the Pack Theater. They're very funny. Which, which Sunday are uh, you? We are every second Sunday at the Pack Theater, uh, 8 p.m. Uh, and can I plug something else? Please, please. Uh, me, Brian Enciang, and Heidi Van Valkenburg are doing a podcast of our own uh, about scary movies. Nice. Uh, nothing more interesting than that. Uh, we just talk about scary movies. Uh, it's are, called. Are you launching? Is that launched already? It's coming out uh, soon. Uh, perhaps get, for the month of October. Perhaps for the month of October. I got to oh, figure out how iTunes spooked. works. October. Uh, but it's called "I'm So Scared." Uh, <laughs> and it's going to be very good. Title. It's going to be very funny. So if you want to hear more of me not talking about video games, uh, go check out "I'm So Scared" on iTunes, probably. All right. Um, we'll have to I'll have, we'll have to bring on a, a video game uh, horror movie known as Super Mario Bros. Or oh one of the God. scariest game movies I've ever seen. It's terrifying. Or it's very a video scary. Game horror movie called Stay Alive, starring uh, Frankie Muniz as the hacker Swing. Okay. Oh God, okay. that's, a, well, that's a real that's a real movie. <laughs> well, let's end on a high energy note, like Frankie Muniz. Well, why uh, don't you plug the stuff for our show and stuff that you plug every episode, Griffin? <laughs> hey, hey, Lux, you're not the boss of me now. Whoa. Hey, nice, Whoa. Frankie Muniz. Welcome <laughs> Um, uh, please follow us at Game Boys Pod. Shut up, Griffin. And uh, that's it for now. Yeah, for Game me. Boys Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can find me at ML Surfboard. You can find the videos at Wisecrack. And stay tuned for updates about my cool Blood Bowl Twitch idea that Griffin is like. <laughs> I can I can't even see his mouth, but I know he's frowning. Well, uh, uh, hey, hit me up about this. Yeah, he, I'll, I'll help out. He was nodding politely uh, for well, your whole we, segment. Once, uh, once we kill the record, we'll swap. Uh, we can swap PSNs. Um, All right, and uh, we'll have to have you back on for Death Stranding. Oh, I was going to say twenty five. Oh no, is it really that far away? That can't be it. <laughs> I can't uh, wait any well, longer. I guess we'll have you back for Death Stranding, hopefully before, because we might all be dead by then. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's been the Game Boys Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Lux. Your co-host is Griffin Davis. Your guest is Hunter Edwards. Your editor is Haley Clement. Your intro and outro music is by Matthew Morden, and your art is by Brittany Metz. Goodbye, Internet. We love you very much. Oh, snake eater. <laughs> <laughs> snake eater. Hey, snake eater.